This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Rampage, Capital Punishment, Land of the Free, Home of the Insane. But how many cats can you fit in a box? Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And there's no Hotlanta. No. Nope. He is doing his Hotlanta thing somewhere else. Which has got to be weird for them when he's just like randomly shouting out things about a movie. Wherever he's at right now. He's a well-trained machine. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah, fucking like, you know, 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, he just yells, read your book! <laughs> <laughs> Muscle memory takes over. Yep, that's our Hotlanta. We love him, and we hate him, but mostly we love him. And this is the sequel to Rampage, which we have already watched. Yes, oddly enough, we watched the first movie first in the series. Weird, not like us, yeah. but no. And Hotlanta requested this because he was intrigued enough by the fact there were sequels to that movie to watch them, so he requested this one. Mm, Wait, yeah. We- we, we should probably recap the first movie real quick so people like know the state of play. Uh, that was do like a fucking incel in someone in his, his parents' basement uh, goes on a killing spree, kills a bunch of people, robs a bank, and then uses uh, an exploding van in a police station to cover his tracks so that they think he's dead and he has all this bank money to spend now. Yeah, and that that was his plan was to rob a bank and appear to have died so that no one would be after him. But he decided to make it look like a killing spree to make sure the cops tried to like that the cops were definitely trying to kill him so that if he was they would just assume he was dead. I don't remember exactly what the whole train of thought on that was. Yeah, me either. But that that's close enough. Yeah. So. We are now three years later. Mm-hmm. And, and our, uh, our protagonist, uh, uh, Bill Bill Williamson. Fucking Bill Williamson. <laughs> Bill Williamson uh, is in a shitty house. Yeah, where he's been hiding out for three years, and uh. He has released videos in the interim. I think he might have done it in the first one about his political yeah. beliefs. Which are like he'll state true facts and then come to spurious conclusions based on those true facts. But in such a way that like you're kind of like I could see how you got there. But yeah, you're not what you're saying is, is not right. Yeah, he totally carried a one when he shouldn't have. Yeah. It's like, no, you're on the right track, but... Yeah. Yeah. You zigged when you should have zagged, buddy. Yeah. And he's, uh... He's getting re- he's getting geared up for another... Th- thing that he d- does? I don't know what to Killings, call it. Killing spree. Yeah. You see him wrapping uh, what I think is supposed to be C4. In, like, butcher paper. Yeah. And uh, he's got he's got his guns. He's got his uh, body armor suit. 
which someone describes as motocross gear in the movie, which I thought was really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. He takes a... Now, for whatever reason, the beginning of this, the way it's shot, it's like, in a weird order, it's not linear time-wise. No. Like, you see him shooting people in an alleyway, sitting in a folding chair. With the alleyway opening with a Target store across the street. Get it? Oh. Yes. All right, no. Okay. Yes, so, you know, he was shooting at the Target. Or shooting people, at least, between him and the Target. He, uh... He he stops to have a chat with some... Homeless guy. Yeah, two of them. And asks them, you know, hey, why are you homeless? And they're like, because it's free. Like, we don't have to worry about stuff. He said, yeah, but it's fucking cold and you ain't got no money. Yeah. And what? I'm pretty sure that's not why most people are homeless. Have you thought about robbing a bank? Yeah. Worst case scenario, you end up in jail where it's warm and you got food. Best case, you get money. <laughs> that was the calculus I did last movie. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was that kind of thing. It's like, or, you know, because, you know, prison is so great where you don't have control over anything and you eat what you're given and you do what you're told when you're told. And yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's a pun. It's supposed to be a punishment, but yeah, apparently it's better than living homeless. I'm not sure about that. And, uh, we also meet with, uh, local oh. newsman. Yes. Chip, AKA detective peacemaker. Cause he plays a detective and peacemaker. And, uh, he's, he's editorializing on the local news. Yeah, about, like, because this is back when, like, WikiLeaks happened. So, like, yeah, like, Julian Assange is name-checked a lot in this movie, as is Snowden. Yeah. And, uh, it he showed to be a bit of a dickhead. Oh, the... The, the newscaster. Pacemaker? Yeah, pacemaker. Pace <laughs> yeah, it's pacemaker. That's what I meant to say. We're keeping it in. Yeah, so he is a dick to people because he's the big shot local news anchor. Yeah. You know, that position of prominence. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so he reads off some, like, fucking uh, statement, I think, that Julian Assange had written. And it's all like, oh, you know, people with money are in power and they're making everyone else subject or subjects, blah, blah, blah. But, you know is not like terribly far off the mark, but it was just, it's just kind of like, yeah. Okay. Like you're telling us things we know. Great. Yeah. Especially in present day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Eight years ago, maybe that wasn't quite as prominent of a thought, but these days. Yeah. And, uh, back at the Williamson estate, the bill Williamson estate, he's, uh, shaving his head in a weirdest way. You could possibly shave your head. Yeah, you gotta start with the. You have to start with like the. You're like where your widow's peak, you know, where the the where it goes as far back as possible on your head. Then you start shaving there. Kind of almost go to Mohawk, but don't. Yeah. You, then, then that's when you get the middle part, the top. Yeah, you, you go fat go Mohawk, and then right down the middle. Yep, and then you have like two little Mohawk streaks on either side of that because you know the fat Mohawk was fatter than your than your clippers. 
and then you go the back for a little bit and then you go back to those things i don't know what the fuck the guy was doing yeah i mean obviously he spent most of his time recording videos of his political beliefs rather than studying hairdressing yes i mean during covid i have cut my own hair with clippers multiple times and have given myself a better haircut than that every time yeah which i need to do it again at some point soon but so he uh he gears up complete with a full face mask helmet his like weird body armor yeah i mean it's like i guess it's it's like weird like swat armor meets samurai armor yeah i'm not 100 percent sure if why it's real or not yeah i'm not sure if it's real or not it looks like it would be incredibly hard to move in it. Yeah, probably. And he's uh, dual wielding what I believe are M4s. I don't know. They're they're automatic machine type guns. Yes. <laughs> That's all I know. They're not P90s, I can tell you that. And uh, he heads down to the alley where he met with the homeless gentleman. One of them died. Overnight. Yeah. And uh, from the cold, yeah, because it was very cold, and he yells at him, I guess, for reasons. Bill yeah, does, like, yeah, hey, yeah, you know, if you had gone off and got a job, like you know, because you can just get jobs, and uh, you know, you could you could have been a productive member of society instead of sleeping next to your friend who froze to death. And when was he supposed to get a job? He was literally talking to him the night before to go to the 24 hour job place. Yeah, but Chris, it's if you want a job, you can get one. I guess maybe he should have just, you know, got a, got a, by the bootstraps and hoisted himself up. Yes. If you, yeah, yeah. Please, all you people, try lifting yourself by your bootstraps, please. Yeah. Did you guys think of that? You fucking idiots. Let me know how that goes. That's actually what the saying started as was like, it's impossible because you can't lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. And then it became somehow, well, you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a good way to fall over to me, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah. let me know anyone who has actually literally pulled themselves up, themselves up by their bootstraps. I would like to meet them. I don't know if I want to. Well, I mean, they could probably fly, so that would be kind of cool. Or at the very least, levitate. Yeah. Oh, so Chris Angel, okay. Chris Angel has apparently pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Well, he's a mind freak, so I don't know if that that's fair. <laughs> I just remember one of his specials where he appeared to levitate. I uh, use and I use that phrasing very specifically. Yeah. So he uh, uh he's, he <clears throat> is starting to shoot people at the target like the earlier scene, but now it's also, present there day. Was, there was some also in that opening. There was like him planting boxes in a building and setting up a camera yeah, and stuff too, which you're like, okay, well that will come into play later, mm-hmm. yeah, but not yet. Uh, so he shoots some folks out in front of the target, goes to shoot up the bingo hall because he's got some fixation with shooting up bingo halls. Yeah. From the first movie. Yeah. The bingo halls closed. And like, I don't know, probably 10% of this movie is just footage from the first movie, which is strange. Yeah. I mean, anything to save a buck, I guess, to get this fucker to 90 minutes, but... <laughs> yeah. So he hops in his uh, 
late oh, late model Honda. Honda. He did burn his own house down though when he left it the, that morning. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, makes a series of confusing moves, to be honest. Yeah, because like there's nothing. Yeah, because I mean, I guess maybe that was just to, sh- I don't know, prove to himself his conviction on this. They can't. He can't return home, so he's got to go forward. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and then he uh he drives to the television station where old uh pacemaker is. Yes. <laughs> Blows up his car when he gets there, I guess, to alert the authorities immediately. <laughs> well, again, to cut off his... It's like burning the bridges behind him so he can't retreat. I guess. And he uh, he heads in and just starts uh, indiscriminately shooting people. Yep. If they're, they're just, he's just having target practice at that point. And uh, Pacemaker's in talking to... Mr. Uwabol himself, who is the producer. Known as Eddie in the show in the movie. Yeah. And uh once you see Mr. Vole, because I want to be very respectful lest he tries to fist fight me. <laughs> there is a non zero chance he'll hunt this down somehow. Oh yeah. He um he, no disrespect, Mr. Bowl, but you're a terrible actor. Yeah, that's why you should executive produce and direct instead. Yeah, you just keep making your weird tax haven movies. And we'll keep watching like one tenth of them. Yeah, we've watched like three or four, right? We did. We've done, did we do Blood Rain? We did Blood Rain. We did two of these. Yeah. Did Probably we do Alone one. in the Dark? That seems like something we might have done. I don't know. It's on. It's about video games and Ooh Bowl. No, I don't think I saw it. You might have watched it without me. Oh, hell, I don't remember. It's the thing when you're closing in on 400 of these. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You start forgetting sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Imagine doing three of these a week. No. Like some crazy bastard would do. Yeah, some crazy, handsome bastards. <laughs> Extremely sexy bastards. Yeah. At least two out of three. I'll let them yeah. figure that out. Yep. So, uh, he's shooting up the place. Pacemaker hides with, uh, Mr. Bowl. Under, yeah, underneath the desk in the yeah. office. Which is not going to protect you from bolt, from shit when it comes to, like, automatic fire. And I guess Mr. Bill's plan here is to shoot a bunch of people until he doesn't and then take the rest hostage. Yeah, well, you have to have like a manageable number to keep hostage, so you reduce that no- the numbers down to a manageable number first. Ah, it's just calling it a little bit. Yeah, Edward calling it. And he uh he gets the survivors all together, including uh Mr. Bill. Yep. No, not Mr. Bill, but pacemaker. Yeah, but he explicitly says to leave behind Uivol. Yeah, because they'll need him later. Yes. Probably. Which, as soon as the guy is out of the room, Uibol immediately calls the police. Yeah, because of like, course he did. Like, what else yeah. are you going to fucking do? Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, that's got to be part of this guy's plan, because he knows that dude's going to call the police the minute he's out the door. Yeah. So he, uh, he escorts all the hostages into the basement of the television station, where they have a clean room. And... A bunch of old office furniture and fucking computers from the 1990s. Yeah, it's... I don't know where they actually filled this, but I assure you, it is not a television studio. 
No. It may not have even been in the U.S. of A. I think it, I'm guessing Canada. Oh, yeah. Vancouver, at least, because I remember seeing that in the credits. Yeah. Uwe Boll don't Green. have film in America money. Yeah, maybe Mr. Green has met Uwe Boll. That would be amazing. Maybe they fought. Well, we I know who I would have bet on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, everybody's down in the television clean room <laughs> like they have at most studios. And he's, uh, got everybody lined up, makes everybody sit down, but pacemaker, he gets a chair because he's so much better than everybody else. Yeah, in his $3,000 suit. That was not a $3,000 suit. Nope. I'm not a man who wears a $3,000 suit, but I'm a man who knows when you're buying off the fucking rack. Yep. And that guy was buying off the rack. Yes. And, uh, he produces a a DVD. Bill does. Mm -hmm. A, a DVD? A DVD. <laughs> and he gives Chip the the ultimatum that he's got one hour to get his DVD broadcast nationally or he's just going to start shooting all the hostages and then after the broadcast, he wants to give a live interview. Yep. And Chipmaker... It's like, um, I don't know fuck all about broadcasting things nationally. I sit in front of the camera, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you got an hour. Just make it happen. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's why I left your producer alive, dumbass. Yeah, so he could produce it, idiot. <laughs> so he sends uh, Chip off with the DVD. And, and uh, as soon as Chip gets out the door, he runs into the police. Yeah, because between the 911 call and car explosion, they've been alerted. Yes. And they're all uh, out there. Apparently, the lead cop was in the last movie. I guess. I don't fucking remember. I mean, he said he was, and they showed footage from the last movie, so that checks out, I guess. Yep. How else would he add footage from the last movie if he wasn't there? I don't know. They could have shot something that looks... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you seen Forrest Gump? Yes. Like chocolates Forrest and Gump? shrimp is all I recall, but... <laughs> well, there's also all those scenes where he met famous people in the past. Wait. he That wasn't really Richard Nixon? <laughs> no. Oh. Well, it was really Richard Nixon. It just wasn't really Forrest Gump meeting Richard Nixon. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. You failed some history tests, I know. Uh, some is very generous. <laughs> so, uh... Pacemaker gets stopped by the cop and the cop guy's like hey I got a really good plan I'm gonna get the guy's dad on the phone and he'll talk him down mm -hmm. and uh I'm also gonna send in a shooter with the camera crew when you do your live interview yeah and Chipmaker's like that sounds like a terrible plan <laughs> this dude's nutty as a fruit bar yeah and he's like nah nah you, you missed the part where uh I'm a cop. And he's like, oh, okay, that's better. Uh, Chipmaker somehow trips and breaks the DVD. Yeah, he falls and cracks it in half with his torso. Yeah, because he's apparently got the density of depleted uranium. <laughs> he's secretly Colossus. He's so much mass. 
so he has to go back in and ask for another one from the crazed gunman. <laughs> yeah, which you're like, is he just going to shoot this guy? Because I'm pretty sure he might just shoot this guy. Yeah. And uh, Bill Williamson, not happy with this fuck up. But he's like, oh, I'm just I'm just fucking with you, dude. I got another one. I, I You always make another one, he says. Yeah. No, it doesn't say always make a backup. Oh. It's like you always make a second one. Yeah. Which I guess means there's some kind of handbook for this scenario that he's using. Yeah, or else, like, the writer just didn't understand, like, American lingo well enough to say, well, you always make a backup copy or something. Like, it was just, the phrasing was just a little off. Yeah, but always but make enough, a second one. Jarring. Yeah, it was jarring because of that, though. So now uh, he's got the second one. He takes it up. He gets uh, Uwebol to, you know, call... I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know shit about television broadcasting. Station manager? I don't fucking know who he's talking to. He calls somebody. Yeah. He calls Reginald in National News Broadcast Division. Yes. To get the uh, DVD out. And, and, uh, oh, and, but in the meantime... Bill Williamson has to has to pass some time, so he decides to in, interrogate the hostages. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Th- things are about to get weird for a minute. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, hey, you tall, skinny lady, come over here and like tell me like who you are." And he's like, "You're wearing yoga pants. Do you do yoga?" And she's uh, like, for the record, she was not wearing yoga pants. Yeah, I wasn't. I what was she? I they were wearing this. They were just pants. Yeah. Like, yoga pants are, like, tights. Clingy and, yeah, yeah. And these, these definitely were just pants. They were open at the bottom, you know, like regular yeah. pants. Yeah, they were not from Lululemon, that's for certain. Yeah. And and so he's like, show me some yoga. And so she, like, does some yoga. And then he's like, I bet your husband has a lot of money and just bought you a yoga studio to keep you busy during the day. So you, you know... And you have probably have a Danny, and they take she takes care of the kids more than you do, and like they probably like her more than they like you. And then I'm gonna sh- shoot you now because you didn't, because I created a whole terrible life for you that you didn't even get a chance to respond to. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, and then it's like, and you girl, you're crying. Like, why are you crying? And she's like, well, you killed my sister. And he's like. Who the fuck's your sister? <laughs> yeah, I've killed a lot of people. You're going to have to be more specific. Yeah, I thought she was saying that the woman he just shot was her sister. <laughs> well, of course you did, because you're a reasonable human being. But it turns out it's a totally unrelated girl from the first movie who doesn't really look anything like her. Yeah, she worked at the chicken den. She was the bad waitress. And apparently looked exactly like her, Chris, according to the movie. I, I did not see it. Like they were twins, virtually identical. I thought I I didn't get checked to chance to check IMDb, but I was gonna check and see if it was the same actress playing both of them. I mean, they they act like this movie takes place like a year and a half later, but I think it was like four or five years between these two movies. It was at least three. It was a long time. Yeah. In movie time. Movie time. So she uh enraged stands up. To Mr. Bill, and she's—he's like, "So what's your deal? You want to hit me? You're gonna do something about it? You want to 
hit somebody. Okay, blue shirt, get up and punch her? Not following the logic on that, personally. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, so she's angry, so I'm going to have him punch her? I thought he was going to have her punch him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because that would have made sense. Yeah. Oh, no, she was the same actress, Chris. No shit. Yep. I didn't think they looked anything alike. She was waitress in Rampage. Well, they did dye her hair a different color. And maybe that was it. I don't know, because in fairness, Bill Williamson is the same guy, but does not really look the same anymore. No, especially like when he shaved his head. And he's got a beard now. He was clean shaven before. And apparently I'm very angry and knocking my mic around. Hey, well, if you're angry, I'm going to have a guy punch you. Okay, good. <laughs> That'll help with your anger issues, I think. Yes. And so the guy punches her a few times. He's like, no, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm going to hurt her. Like, I can't keep punching her. And he's like, yeah, good for you for standing up to me. And you're like, dude, like, last person stood up to you, you shot. Like, what the fuck? Like, have some kind of fucking consistency to the way you treat people. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's like, congratulations. You did it. Eventually. You passed my weird test that no one understood any of the rules to. Yeah. And the guy was just like, whatever. And he sat back down. Meanwhile, we get riveting scenes of Uwe Boll having uh, conversations about getting the thing on the air. I don't care. Just get it done. Yeah. He says in a German accent that I can't do. That was pretty close. Was it? Okay, good. I mean, as far as I know. I don't know. I am neither German nor an accent, so it's hard for me to tell. <laughs> it's true. I've never said you were an accent, and I never will. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, old uh, Chip is rounding up everybody, and this is when the cop, head cop, has one of his, I don't know, lesser cops. One of his gunsmen's. Yeah, he dresses them up as that all-important part of the live broadcast team, Cord Guy. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, here's a gun. You're going to act like you're holding cords and then shoot him. But what they don't realize is that Mr. Bill Williamson has been watching it all on the camera. Yep, on th- that broadcasts to his f- iPhone. And he knows what's up. Yep. Uh, and the whole time... Head cop has had his dad, Bill's dad, on the phone on standby for, you know, like an hour and a half at this point. His dad is just on the phone. Yep. I mean, if I had a kid and that kid was, had had taken people hostage, I would probably sit on the phone for an hour and a half to try to talk my kid out of keeping people as hostages. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, fair enough. I assume I, you know, unless maybe I had to, like, I don't know, go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. Can we wrap this up with the hostages? I really got a shit. Yeah, dude, I, I, I had chili last night. Yeah, I had, I had chili and a whole lot of domestic beer. Yeah. It's bad. It's a bad time in my insides. Unfiltered domestic beer. Oh, my organs. Uh, yeah. And so, like, Chip gets back there, and he's sitting there, like, waiting for the broadcast to start. And the broadcast isn't starting, and Bill's like, dude, it's been, like, an hour and ten minutes, and I'm not seeing any, and no one is, and I have, like, 200 followers messaging me, 
and none of them are saying that you've got that you're broadcasting and chip's like i don't know dude i gave him the dvd so i don't know uh i don't know what to say and then like the messages start coming through that they're broadcasting his manifesto yeah which we actually get to see i believe it in its entirety yeah and again like he points out a lot of things that are true but then comes to uh the wrong conclusions from those things yeah so yeah, and it's, but he he does want everyone to rise up and kill the rich, though. That is his main uh, the main thrust of his manifesto. Yeah, you know, basically, you're all being lied to. The government's against you. The CIA has been monitoring your phone calls, Guantanamo Bay. You know, all, all the biggest hits of 2014. Yeah, yeah, and since there's no gun control, yeah, just take your guns and go start shooting the rich. Yeah. And uh, he's playing it for the hostages on his phone, which I don't know why I thought was hilarious. He's just <laughs> holding up his phone and showing it to him. And I'm like, dude, it's like an iPhone 6. And they're across the room. Nobody can fucking see that. What are you? Why is your phone so loud? <laughs> None of this is working, Bill. I don't understand. And that room probably was super echoey, too. Yeah. So he... uh. He gets done and he's like, "Hey, hostages! Fucking, that was good, right? I really, I really nailed that." And then, like, you're gonna I shoot him on one take. Yeah, they they call him one take, Bill Williamson. Because <laughs> it, it's not that it's a good take necessarily, but he'll only do one. Yeah, much like this podcast. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying we did one, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, we did one take. The best take we did is what you get. Yeah. Which really shows, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Though I'm telling you, if listeners, my secret hack is if you if your if your podcast listening app has it, turn on the function that that eliminates a lot of the pauses between words, and not only will our podcast finish quicker, but we sound much more clever and snappier in our presentation. Yeah, let the algorithm make us better for you. Yes, Please. all hail the mighty algorithm. It's true. Yep. I personally welcome Skynet. I am ready for season three of Westworld, personally. Oh, yeah, they're still going to have that someday. <laughs> no, they had it. it. It featured an algorithm heavily. I don't remember. Uh, yes, I do. Anyway. Jesse Pinkman in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Doing, like, crime jobs, like, from Uber. I mean, got to... You gotta make ends meet in this gig economy, you know. I feel them. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uber crime coming to you in twenty forty seven. Or you could try my competing uh, app, Lyft Crime. <laughs> crime Dash. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, the uh, Chip and the uh, team show up for the interview. And for some reason, before they go in, head cop is like, oh, when you guys said you were going to go in and film an interview, I didn't expect you to go in and film an interview? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a live interview, Chris. That's why they weren't going to film it. And he's like, documentary, says Chip. And the cop guy's like, oh, documentary, in that case. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I mean, how else you going to smuggle in handgun guy? Yeah. 
Well, they're both fake cameras, apparently. So uh, they head in. They hand him a phone, though, saying his dad is on the phone. Have him talk to his dad first. Yeah. So he talks to his dad, and his dad's like, hey, did you think about uh, not not doing this? And he's, he's like, oh, hey, dad, how's mom? Oh, did you say Q tragic backstory exposition? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Turns out his mom came down with a bad case of non-specified mental illness afterwards. Yep. With the events of the first movie and was full of non-specified drug to help her non-specified mental illness, which caused her to flip her car. Well, it caused her to, I don't know, like, get distracted is what he said. <laughs> I was like, and it's like Matt Frewer, you know, like fucking Max Headroom is uh is the voice on the phone and i think that's his dad from the first movie if i remember correctly and uh and he's just like oh she got distracted like no she probably was fucking taking some xanax drank some booze got behind the wheel fell asleep and flipped her fucking car (laughs) Uh, i was so full of distraction medication i didn't know yeah if only i'd taken my adhd medication (laughs) i'd be alive right now (laughs) I should have known when they gave me all this distracts and all that it was going to be dangerous to operate a motor vehicle. <laughs> uh, so she ended up at the hospital. She held on for a while, but then she she passed. She fought the good fight. Yeah. But she I got distracted from staying alive. <laughs> yeah. But I, I tried to get a hold of you, but you're too busy <laughs> hiding from the cops because you <laughs> robbed a bank and killed a fuck ton of people. <laughs> like a hundred fucking people, I think is what they said. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. That seems yeah. excessive. That was that would be literally half the town that was the closest town to where I grew up. <laughs> uh so he uh he's not handling this news particularly well. No. And so he hangs up on his dad. Yeah. And the interview commences. Oh no. No, no, there's an interview. First, he uh oh. he calls out the uh the fact that thanks to the camera, he knows that a old cable guy has a gun. Yeah. To his dad on the phone, he's like, "Well, dad, I gotta go because these fucking assholes sent a guy with a gun in here, and then he just shoots him." Yep. And then they had the interview. Yep. They talk about his mom. While a uh, head cop is mobilizing the uh, the three SWAT team teams, which I'm pretty sure are just the same team filmed in three different locations, but I'm not here to split hairs. No, I mean, like, they had, that's why they had helmets on, Chris, so you couldn't tell. And, uh, they're having their little interview, and, you know, it's all this and that agenda, why you gotta kill all these people, does it make you feel like a real tough guy? And he just, like, goes on this tirade about, uh, it's killing people makes you feel more human, I think is what it is. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Like It was very like Fight Club kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like, well, Tyler Durden kind of bullshit. Yeah. And uh, he's like, okay, cool. Good interview, guys. Everybody can leave except for uh, you, Chip, because you're going to die here with me, you fucking garbage asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and then he shoots him in the arm. And proceeds to explode the SWAT teams. Yeah, with the packages, the boxes he dropped off earlier in the movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, in case anyone forgot, I did mention that. Um, oh yeah, but we also have been having the like Uwe Boll like on the phone, be like, "Holy shit, man! I've made so much money selling the rights to the, the licensing of this video to the people because everybody's watching it nationwide. We're getting like the best ratings we've ever had, and I own the copyright on Chip, which is not how anything works." Um, yeah, he uh, owns the copyright to a a, a person. <laughs> so Chip's not allowed to procreate without his permission, apparently. Um, well, at least for like what, like thirty years or something. <laughs> yeah, after his death. <laughs> At thirty years after Chip dies, he can have kids. No, I know after Uwe Boll dies. Oh uh, yeah, I don't understand. He owns the copyright. <laughs> sure, seems like a weird kind of slavery to me, but yeah. But yeah, and uh, and so yeah, but he's all like. I'm in the money. <laughs> they made two point eight million dollars off licensing alone. Like, how did you license? Yes. How did you license that that fast? Do you have a fucking lawyer in here somewhere? <laughs> no, but Reginald over at uh, National Broadcasting did. <laughs> yeah, Reg- Reginald. He had that shit on lock. Good old Reginald. That's why he gets ten percent right off the top. You know. Yep. Yeah. It seems like a lot until something like this comes up. Indeed. So, uh, explosions are had. Hostages freed. He says uh, to let him know not to gas him because he has a gas mask to the hostages, no, which he does good. not. We have to do this the old-fashioned way. Yeah, which I guess means shootout at high noon. Yeah, and the kind of shootout where everybody's got automatic weapons, but nobody shoots each other. Oh, so a team at the high noon. At high yeah. Noon. Okay. And uh, hostages leave. Head cop and the remaining members of the team, which is like three people, storm the place. Uh, they exchange gunfire. Nobody hits anybody. Nope. Even though they're like 35 feet across a room from each other. Yeah, and they're just like filling the air with lead and no one can hit anything. Uh, Mr. Bill runs back behind the piles of office furniture. Oh, no. The uh, cops give chase, only to be face-to-face with a bomb, which seems to be several mason jars full of colored liquid, a fire extinguisher. And an iPhone. And an iPhone, you know. That someone dropped at some point, because the screen's like all cracked to hell. Yeah. Uh, Someone sneezed near. And as the timer runs down, it explodes and takes out the cops. And then we see a guy watching it on his phone. Then we rewind time to show that Bill hid in some sort of box back there. Well, no, he jumped down. He had this, there was a opening to the sewers down there or something. Yeah, he, he, I don't know. And uh, yeah, so and he's crawling through the sewers at one point that you see him. So. The news is reporting that he's dead, but that the amount of destruction doesn't, uh, like they can't identify anyone's body, but he's presumed dead. Yeah, because the cops had him pinned down, which they know somehow, even though literally everybody is dead at this point. Yes. And it turns out that the dude, the person watching it on the phone is Bill Williamson himself at like a fucking cafe or something. Yeah. And, Enjoying his, like, $4 cup of coffee. Which leads to probably the weirdest scene in this entire movie. Indeed. 
where he randomly grabs a kid that's walking by. Tells him books are bullshit. Books are for assholes. Here's a handgun. Shoot your parents and then shoot your fucking self. Viva la revolution. Like, what in the fuck is even going on right now? <laughs> and the kid just, like, walks off carrying the gun into the sunset. Like, it's gonna, that kid's gonna go do what it was told. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, out of nowhere, it just happens. And I'm cracking up. Because <laughs> I don't even understand why that had to happen. And he's so aggressive with that kid, too. Like, yeah. Like, you were going to fucking shoot your parents, and then you used the last bullet for yourself. Yeah. That'll teach society. Yep. Books are bullshit. <laughs> I mean, and that's it. Yep, that is the end of that movie. Uh, so, Chris, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, It's a movie. It is far more competent than it has any right to be. I mean, Uwe Boll isn't known for his great films. I mean, normally, technically, they're fine. They're all cheap. But it, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this movie. I think they want me to think that Bill is the the good guy. But he also has killed several hundred people at this point. Yeah. Literally several hundred, according to the movie. Yes. Yeah. All for his political ambitions. Which involve getting people to shoot the rich. Yeah. And that's about it. Because how about that will solve all the problems? Because no one who's not rich is an asshole? Yeah, it's... It's like, it's like when people are like, well, we should just vote everyone out of Congress. I'm like, okay, great. But th that there's no guarantee the people you vote in are going to be any better. Like, it's that kind of situation. Yeah, it's... It, I think he's supposed to be the hero, but he's not much of a hero. He's, like, kind of right, but doesn't take away the right lessons. He did tell a child to kill her parents and then herself, which kind of detracts a little bit, I'd say, from his overall political stance. Yeah. I mean, I, unless that kid was super rich and it just wasn't established particularly well, then I guess that tracks, but... Yeah, that kid was dressed like from Army Surplus. I, d I can't recommend it, but it's, like, not the worst thing ever. I, it, I'm just not sure what the message is. I don't get what the takeaway is, aside from, yeah, that that guy is a, a guy who is standing up to... The man. The man. Yeah, it's like, it's like he wanted to remake Taxi Driver, but didn't get the point. <laughs> like... Or Fight Club and didn't get the point. Yeah, or Falling Down, kind of. Pick your favorite thing about people who are outside of society and want to tear the whole thing down and how they're clearly not the good guys. Or like Logan's Run, where the guy, where he takes all the people out of the place where they've never had to do anything for themselves and then brings them out in the real world right before winter and is like, hey, we're all going to we're all going to be great out here now that you're all going to fucking die from starvation. I sure hope you like freezing to death because that's what's about to happen. Yeah, the, lo end, the ending of the movie Logan's Run, I think, is just—I'm not—I don't know if we're supposed to pull, 
take away the message that they're all going to die, but that's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the they're trying to convey here. It wasn't terrible. It's it's just kind of boring. It's basically a bunch of people in a clean room being held hostage while a guy screams shit that you would see in your fucking Facebook or Twitter feed, Adam. I don't know. I don't know, man. I say you could probably pass on this one. What do you think, Troy? I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, again, like, he uses real facts to kind of, like, make build seem reasonable. But the dude who shoots a bunch of fucking people blows up a building and then tells a kid to shoot their their parents and themselves is not a hero. He's not a good guy. Um, I'd be really worried if anyone told me this was their favorite movie or one of their favorite movies or like, man, you really have to watch this movie. It's amazing. It really makes you think. I, yeah, worry for that. If anyone says that to you, that is a red flag. Um, you know, so and it's oddly prescient given that this was 2014 and now in the 2020s we've had QAnon and all and Pizzagate or and fucking Donald Trump like all that bullshit happened since so I guess you know congratulations on Uwe Boll for being a prescient director but yeah I don't know like you can skip this movie it's it's nothing great if you want like an anti-establishment movie like Watch fucking pump up the volume or Fight Club or something like that. Yeah, there's way better versions of this where, you know, at least the the person is shown to be wrong. Yeah. So what are you watching next week, Chris? Uh, We are watching Parasite. As suggested by Chris. Yeah, because I hadn't seen it yet. Nope. And so I guess we're having accidental hate the rich month so far. Yeah. I don't know what we're watching next after this, but we'll let you know. And maybe we'll hate the rich in that one, too. So what if somebody wants to recommend a movie involving the rich and their hatred? Well, they could go to Facebook and leave a post for us there where we are Slaughterhouse Princess. They could email us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. They could tweet us at Slaughter Prince, which is Slaughter Princess with no vowels and princess. They could go to our subreddit, r slash SHP podcast and leave a post there. Uh, otherwise, uh, they could go to our Discord server, and there is a movie requests channel there. And our Discord server is at discord.slarchprincess.com. Uh, otherwise, if they want to do other things like listen to us in some way other than the way they're doing, like maybe a new podcatcher that allows them to remove the spaces, the, the pauses between words, uh, they could you could go to uh, iTunes or Google Store, Play, Music, whatever the fuck it's on now. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Um, you could have your smart speaker play our podcast by telling it to play our podcast, which is how smart speakers work. And uh, if you'd like to support us financially, you could go to store.sarspensis or patreon.sarspensis.com. And thank we you, also patrons. Have some other bullshit at Yes, thank you, patrons. Uh, we appreciate uh, your support, especially since I can no longer support Christian in his uh, his three D conversion production. He has uh, paused his Patreon for now, but uh, 
if he decides to run it again, I will support him again because he was doing cool stuff. So come back next time for Parasite. And when our podcasts think about movies, we'll drink rich movies. Bye. Like my Danny DeVito fetish. <laughs>